0: Father, we thank you again for this day. Bless your word and bless our hearts as we receive in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 65, verse 11, um, the Bible says, You crown the year with your goodness, and your paths drip with abundance. (laughs) Amen. Amen. (laughs) You know, this year is already crowned with goodness. You know, I did say here a few days back, uh, you know, that there are good things in this year, and there are bad things also that the devil has planned. But we want to make sure we work with God so that we can eat of the good that is in the land, that is in this year. Everyone has, uh, you know, received 365 days. We have already used up uh, almost a couple of days from that. I don't know. How have you used yours, the two days so far? You know? So it's like the talent that the, you know, those servants received. One received a five, another one, two, another one. But on this occasion, everyone has received 365 days. And everyone, every day, every person receives 24 hours. There's no way in the world that another person gets 30 hours in a day. We all receive 24 hours. And we all receive 30 or 31 days in a month. And so what are you going to do with yours? But so God has gone ahead and says he has already crowned the year with goodness. And his paths drip with abundance. So if the Lord's paths drip with abundance, that means I want to follow those paths. So that I can pick up all that the Lord is dropping. Amen? Amen. If somebody is going this way and is dropping bunches of money and dropping bunches of money, what do you do? You follow behind and pick all the money. Yeah, so God has gone ahead, and the Bible says His paths are dripping with goodness, with abundance. So we want to make sure we walk with God and pick all those things. Nothing is going to be left. We're not going to leave anything for the devil to pick. Praise the name of Jesus. And so uh, I wanted to bear that in mind. I'm going to really go fast. You know, I will uh, combine teaching and preaching together. James chapter one. In James chapter 1 verse 25, the Bible says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, you notice that blessing is one of the biggest things in Christendom. Everybody talks about blessing. Everybody wants to be blessed. Whether all the young boy or girl, everybody wants to be blessed. So blessing is something that's very, very, uh, so much talked about in the Christian life. But yet God has put down in place how for us to be blessed. He says, looking into the perfect law of liberty, that's the word of God. Jesus Christ said that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The word of God sets us free. The word of God is the, 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 the perfect law of liberty. We look into God's word and we continue in it. And we do not forget. You know, some few months back last year, we did a Bible studies, and I was telling us that according to the the Greek, this word forget here is not talking about losing memory. Because quite often, you know, the, the, uh, the scriptures that we violate are not necessarily scriptures that we don't have remembrance of. Quite often, you know, believers, we know exactly what we're doing. We know exactly what we're doing. The thief knows exactly what he's doing. The adulterer knows exactly what he's doing. It's not that he doesn't know. We know. So it's not about losing memory. But it means from the Greek, what it means is that we set the word of God aside. That's what that word forget. The word Greek word that is used there means to set aside. It, does, it doesn't mean to lose memory. of. So believers know the word. We can cut some of it. We can remember some of it. But when it comes to putting it in practice, we put it aside. So the Bible is saying that the person who gets blessed is the person who looks into the Word of God and continues in the Word of God, and he doesn't lay it aside, toss it aside, but he makes effort to do it. He said, this person gets blessed. This woman gets blessed. This man gets blessed. This is how to get blessed. It's like a mathematical, you know, kind of a formula. Every time you multiply two times two, you always get four. You can wake up 2 a.m. and say two times two is four. Go to Japan, two times two is four. Go to China, two times two is four. It's a a mathematical formula. So every time a, a person looks into the Word of God and continues in it, meditates in it, and doesn't put it aside, but makes effort to apply that word to his life or her life, the person gets blessed. So this is the kind of person that gets blessed. The person who applies the word, not just knowing the word, not just tossing the word of God aside. You hear people say, oh, I I know what the Bible says, but... That's exactly what I'm talking about. This is what it means to forget the word. That means not that you've lost memory. I know the Bible says that, but... You know, it's like we use our circumstances... To, to override what the scripture say. You know, I know the Bible says that, but this my problem, is too much. No, 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 that is not in the mind of somebody who is working with God. We want to work with God. Amen. Hallelujah. The path of the Lord drip with abundance. James chapter 1, in, in the New Living Translation, you know, it says, But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, sounds like John 8, 31, 32, and if you do what it says, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Now, let's go to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. My, 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 my. He, you know, and the the, the headline there, I decided to leave the headline up there on the screen. All right, you know, sometimes in your Bible, it has some particular headings, right? Okay, I decided to leave that one, you know. Often I leave it out, but I decided to put it there. You know, the headline says, Safety of Abiding in the Presence of God. So there is safety in abiding in the presence of God. It's also in line with walking the paths of God, the paths of righteousness, the path of holiness, the path of obedience. There is safety in it. So the psalmist says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So, what is this secret place of the Most High? It is not particularly and necessarily a geographical place. Somebody will say, Well, baby, it's talking about heaven when we get to heaven. No, it's here on earth. And it's more than a geographical place. A geographical place will be part of it. Amen. But so what what is this place that the Bible or the Psalmist is talking about? The secret place. The secret place means, it, the word secret here, secret, it means that it is not known to everybody, it is concealed. So it has to be revealed, it has to be detected, it has to be found out, it has to be shown to you. You can't just pick it up off on the street. It is a secret. When something is a secret, it can only be revealed to you, or maybe sometimes through your effort you can you may find things out. But on this occasion, when it comes to God, the uh, the book of Job says, "Canst thou by searching find out God? Only God can reveal Himself to you." Hallelujah! The more you desire to know God, the more He reveals Himself to you. So this uh, this place that He calls the the secret place of the Most High. It is not necessarily a place where you travel. It's not heaven. Thank God God is in heaven. Quite okay. But he's talking about here on earth. When we get to heaven, there are some of the things that are mentioned here that will not be an issue. So he's talking about here on earth. The secret place of the Most High. What places you in a seclusive place, an exclusive place? It is the work of it. It is living by faith. The just shall live by what? Faith. Living the life of faith. It says, the Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. Living the life of faith opens you up to this place, secret place of God because it is a, it's a seclusive and exclusive place. You don't just get there anyhow. You don't just get in this realm unless you are working in faith. There is a realm of faith. There is a realm of God. In the realm of God, that's, the faith is necessary. In the realm of God love is necessary. You have to be work, working in what? Love. You can't be working in, in, in bitterness, anger and resentment and then you say you are in the secret place. of no, no. Because those things don't belong around God. Did you hear that? Bitterness, anger, resentment don't belong around God. Doubt and unbelief don't belong around God. So you cannot be said to be you know, abiding in the secret place of the Most High and believing like that. Anytime you are living, just know that at that time you are not working with God like you ought to. Has God necessarily forgotten you? Not necessarily. But you have left off the place of God. If, I, if it is raining and I put up an umbrella here, and you can decide to come under the umbrella. But you can also decide to go out of, out of the umbrella. Is that not so? You know? Sometimes, maybe it's raining now, and maybe, you know, only Pastor Lydia came with a, a, an umbrella. And so, as they go out to Pastor Lawrence, and uh, Pastor Lawrence can decide, okay, let me get under the umbrella with my wife. And they go, and then, but then, Pastor Lawrence can decide to come off out from under the umbrella. What happens? He gets beaten by the rain. It is not Pastor Lydia's fault. He is the one that stepped under the umbrella and stepped out. So, it's not God who is shifting. It is us that are shifting. So what places you in God's secret place? The life of faith. Constantly working in the life of faith. Trusting God. Believing God. Pleasing God. Working in love. Working in the the word of God. Can you really be said to be abiding in the secret place of the Most High and not have regard for God's word? No. You have to have regard... People who dwell in this secret place are people of faith. They are people who walk in divine love. There's no time for resentment, no time for unforgiveness, no time for bitterness, no time for anger. You know, all these times, sometimes we try to legitimize our anger and our bitterness I've said this over and over and over again, over the years. No matter what you see somebody do to me, never, never you come to me and tell me that I have a right to be angry. I don't like that kind of right. I've seen enough anger in my life. I grew up and saw it all, the, all, all my, as I grew up. I've seen enough anger. I don't like anger in my life. I don't like anger. I don't like bitterness. I don't like unforgiveness. There's nobody here, nobody, in fact as it is now, in fact of the old maybe 7 billion people in the world, there's nobody that I have unforgiveness against. Nobody. You can do something to me now, yes, I'll be hurt. But tomorrow it is gone. I never allow it to linger there and linger there and linger there. I, I don't like to be in bitterness and anger and resentment. We have to learn to work with God. You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't think I should be apologizing about Kenneth Hagin, he's my, my, my person. When I get to heaven, I think the first person I want to ask for is, where is Kenneth Hagin? Thank God my young Emmanuel is also a Haginite now. <laughs> you know, he so went to, to pray for, you know, he went somewhere to minister and he was praying for people. People killed him, he was praying for one man. And the Lord said, you know, actually, no, no, he was praying for, one person was sick, actually, he went to pray, and the Lord said, don't pray for him, because he's going to die. I have judged him, he's going to die. He said, because, you know, for years, I've given him 30 years, he got saved, he was 12, since he was about 12 years old. For 30 years, I have given him opportunity, he has refused to change his ways. He's been walking in anger all these years. I gave him time, he refused, so I have judged him for his flesh to be destroyed, so that his soul will be saved. You read that in the book of Corinthians. So he's going to die. Is he going to go to hell? No, no. he's going to, but I've judged him. He's not going to live as long as I would have loved him to. And he's not going to live as long as he would have wanted to. Because for over 30 years, I've given him time to deal with anger in his life. So he has not. So don't push your luck too much. We talk of long rope. Some of us, our rope has gone right there. It's about to snap. Don't wait for it to snap. It's time to examine our lives. It's time to judge ourselves. The Bible says if we judge ourselves, we will not be condemned. You can't continue to live like that. In bitterness, in anger, resentment, and unforgiveness. And then be said of to be abiding in the secret place of the Most High. Because those things don't belong around God. You don't find those things around God. Fear, you don't find fear around God. You don't find doubt around God. Someone said to me, are you not afraid of Corona? I am not afraid of Corona. Seriously. I am not afraid of the devil. Oh, yes, that was more than 40 years ago. Since 44 years ago, this year, I would have been born again. So before then, I used to be afraid of the devil. I used to run. Even when I saw mad people, I would run. Because we knew mad people were possessed of demons. So I used to be afraid of evil spirits. I used to be afraid of going out in the night, demons, evil spirits. Not, not thieves or robbers now in those days. There were not too many of them in that time, you know, during that time. So people were afraid of evil spirits and things like that. But when I got born again and knew my authority, I am not afraid of the devil. I always tell people, this is strange enough, but I tell you something. It is easier to deal. With demons than to deal with human beings. (laughs) Oh my God. You know, you know, (laughs) because why? God has not given you authority over human spirit. Human beings have a will of their own to exercise. And we don't have authority over that. But we have authority over demons. You can cast out a demon, you can't cast out a human being like that. You can bind demons. You don't, we don't have time. To, we've, we've not been given authority to be binding human beings. So it's easier to deal with demons. Anytime a demon is showing you, in the name of Jesus, get out of here. But with human beings, you can't just be binding human beings like and casting out human beings like that. You know, I guess if you are married, you are, you are stuck with your wife and stuck with your husband for a while. You can't just cast her away. You can't just cast him away just like that. You have children that are giving you some trouble. You can't just cast them away like that. But if it's a demon, you resist and cast them away. We have authority over demons, not human spirit, not human will. If you you are sick and you don't want to be healed, I can't force healing on you. Oh, yeah. There are people that want to die. You pray for them. You can't get them healed. They will die because they've decided they want to die. If God did that, he said, I said before you, what life and death, blessing and curse. So you choose. He said, choose life. But people choose death. And God can't stop them. But then they reap the consequences. Because every choice has consequences. <laughs> so dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, it has to do with Faith. With love, the word of God, obedience. Simple obedience to godly instruction in the world. Godly instruction even in the church. You know, I always say that, You see, the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, God has chosen, you know, one of my favorite scriptures. God has chosen the, the foolish things of this world to confound the wise and the weak things to confound the strong. And also 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we have this treasure in 18 verses. So that the excellency of the power will be of God, not of us. So God puts people in leadership not because they are necessarily the best. Did you hear that? Yes. And can I say this? Not because they are necessarily the most anointed. Not necessarily because they are the, the most knowledgeable. God has a reason for putting people in leadership positions. So just because you can do what they are, they are doing doesn't mean you are, you are on the same level. If you ask us, Miriam, and, and Aaron, in the book of Numbers, 12 and 13, they said, I mean, is it only Moses that God is speaking to? Hasn't God also spoken to us? And the Bible says God heard it, and they got in trouble. Now, God puts people in, re- in, in leadership for a reason. Whether well, the a pastor, as an elder, a leader of your department, you know, Gloria may be younger than a number of people in the choir, but the leadership of this church, and God has seen it, we put her there as a leader. If you say, well, she's just oh, this girl of yesterday, but that's a problem. That's a problem. What will happen you know, if we were to have a young pastor over us? Can Haggins started pastoring when he was seventeen? And he had people that could be great-great-grandfathers to him in the church. What will happen? Also, I was to asked a young Emmanuel to preach it. And people say, ah, this is Emmanuel that was we dedicated him in the church. <laughs> That's the problem. You know? Just because you can do what your leader can do, doesn't mean you're you're on the same level. I always give this example. Boris Johnson is not necessarily the most qualified politician in Britain. The most, or the person, maybe, I don't know that he has PhD in politics. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, I don't know. But the thing is that whether you have PhD or a professor of politics at London, School of Economics, or wherever it is, or Imperial College, or Oxford, or Cambridge, your professor of politics, whatever it is, the thing is that you don't have the office of the prime minister. So you need to respect that office. And we do that in the church, in the house of God. Simple instructions that will help us to go on smoothly with the work of God. Just like, okay, sit here, quiet people. It looks like something this thing, but I tell you, God because with that. Simple obedience. You are given a task, do what you are told. Not okay, I know you are anointed, so you go and do your own thing. Because you too, you hear from God. No, we want to make sure we work with God. Hallelujah. Simple obedience to God, you know. You know, you remember the, what Jesus Christ talked about, you know, uh, the rich man and Lazarus in the book of Luke. That the rich man was eating and faring sumptuously and Lazarus was baking and, you know, and so on. So after some time, so the rich man died, Lazarus died and carried on to Abraham's bosom. And the rich man found himself in hell. And he looked up and saw Lazarus and said, look, please come over here. Uh, Send Lazarus, let him come and help me. You know, I'm dying here in this torment. And uh, Abraham said to him, no, there's no way there's a great gap between us here. Nobody can come from over there to here. Nobody can come from here to over there, and so on and so forth. But what did the rich man say? He said, rich man, so please, I have five brothers back on earth. He said, send, can can you send Lazarus to go and warn them so they don't come to this place of torment? What did Abraham say? Abraham said, "They don't, you know, nobody has to go from here. They have other people telling them there. Who are those other people? Are they angels? People. People. They have other people telling them, warning them there. Nobody needs to go from the dead to warn them. They have people preaching to them. They should listen. Hear, they should hear them. There are prophets preaching. There are people preaching. There are, they, they should hear them. So if they don't hear the, the people that are alive, they are, neither will they hear or listen to somebody who comes from the dead. And of course, Jesus rose from the dead. Did they listen to him? <laughs> so we're talking about abiding in the secret place of the Most High. walking in faith, working in love, working in the Word, doing the Word, obedience, prayers, worship. These are things that help you to stay around God. Prayers. I want to challenge you. This year, you can't just continue to run with your five-minute prayers. You get up in the morning, your kind of um, emergency five-minute prayers. But yet you stay up late, watching television and video games and on the phone to your friends and all manner of social media. Then you sleep late. Then you wake up late. You say, ah, I have to rush to go to work. It, 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 even Sundays. When did, what time did you sleep yesterday? And what were you doing? You know? We have to change those things. In order for us to pick, work with God and pick what he has dropped. The good things he has dropped this year. The paths of the Lord. They are dripping with abundance, blessings, healing, protection, and so on and so forth. But we have to work with him to pick those things up. Step up your prayer life. Go beyond the 10-minute prayers, for goodness sake. That is just not enough. And you come to a time that that is just not going to be enough. We have to step up. Be committed to God. There's something God told me on Tuesday, but uh, let me just, let's go and we'll get to that place and I'll say it. When we're here on, pray, uh, on Tuesday praying. Now, so, God says, he who dwells. So, this is a secret place. Not, people, not every person understands the life of faith, even though we teach and teach and teach. But God wants you to open your heart up to a life of faith, a life of love, a life of the word. Life you know, of obedience, life of prayers, life of fellowship. These things help you to stay around God, not working in fear. He says, this person, he says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. And I put down the meaning of refuge. Um, the meaning of refuge is the state of being safe or sheltered from pursuit, danger, or difficulty. That's the dictionary definition of refuge. Secondly, it's a place or situation providing safety or shelter. So the Bible says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, working in faith, working in love, working in the word, working in obedience, working in prayer, living a life of prayers, a life of worship to God. He so said this kind of person, he said, he said uh, you know, I will say of the Lord that he is my refuge. So the Lord is your place of safety, your place of, of, of protection. And then, and he's my refuge, what? And my fortress. What's a fortress? A fortress is a military stronghold, especially a strongly fortified town. Secondly, a fortress is a, a person or thing not susceptible to outside influence or disturbance. That's like God. God is not susceptible to outside influence. As sinful as the world has gotten, it hasn't influenced God. It hasn't changed who God is. God is still God. You know, and that's why we shouldn't think we're doing God a favor by serving him. No, 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 we're doing ourselves a favor because God was God before you were born. God was God before you gave your life to him. So whether you decide to backslide, it will reduce anything from who God is. So we are the ones doing ourselves a favor. Nothing is going to bring God down, down from heaven. It is us that have to do everything we need to do to get there. So serving him is for our benefit. It is for our good. But God is not susceptible susceptible to any outside influence. He remains God. He says, even, says, even when we are faithless, he remains faithful. And he is our refuge. He is our fortress, our place of protection. Hallelujah. He cannot be moved. Oh, my God. I love that. You know? He said, my God, in him I will what? Trust. So here is somebody who cannot be moved. They cannot be influenced. They cannot be defeated. You cannot penetrate their defenses. I like to rely. To to trust means to rely, to depend. I I mean, I can relax there. Can't you? Why is it that? in earthquake prone zones, they build houses and with some bunkers, you know, like some of the hurricane places in America and Japan. In case of uh, earthquake, in case of hurricane, what happens? They run to those, bunkers, those places, hidden places, isn't it? So they can run there quickly and they, you know, they have uh, you know, all manner of uh, technology now to detect some of those things and they give warning. You hear warning? Even in Israel now because of, Uh, In fact, Israel is a very good picture of Christian life. Mm -hmm. They are always at alert. Israel is the most alert nation in the world, I would say. Mm -hmm. I tell you, always alert to the extent that every Israeli person, man or woman, you have to go to some military form of military training. So basically almost everybody is, you know, a potential soldier. Mm -hmm. I notice that as Christians we are referred to as soldiers. Soldiers of Christ, not fighting with, with physical weapons. A soldier is alert. A soldier is disciplined. A soldier is trained. A soldier endures hardship. says endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. So people run to these places of, of protection where, when there is danger. But we have God as our refuge. In the time of coronavirus, we hide ourselves in God. Amen? (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know about you, but I tell you, thank God for God. He says, surely he shall deliver you. Say, surely. Surely. So it's nothing to doubt. He, he, He shall, not he may. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. I said it when the corona started that that word pestilence means diseases. But let's read, I want us to pick it up from uh, New Living Translation uh, of Psalm 91 verse 3. New Living Translation. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. Sounds like Corona. Some people, you know, oh my God, I wish I had time to talk. You know, some people talk as if Corona is greater than God. It's too much for God. Corona is not too much for God. In fact, Corona is not even as bad as uh, cancer and some of these things. Corona is not too much for God. In fact, let us not come to the place where we say, well, we have accepted Corona. I don't know about you. I'm not accepting Corona, that Corona is here. To, no, I refuse. Because this is not the way God planned things to go. And that's where the problem is, because in the church, in the body of Christ, while some are saying, yes, Corona, let's live with it, then others are saying, let's pray for God to intervene. We are not not on the same page. But if we unite and pray, this thing is not impossible for God to deal with. Look at what has happened. I I don't have time to get into that. He says he will deliver you, rescue you from deadly coronavirus. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. And so he says in verse 5, do not be afraid. Now, the, the thing is that every time God tells you not to be afraid, there's a reason. Because why? He is your refuge. And we have talked about refuge. It's a place of protection, a place of safety. So tell me if there's an earthquake and somebody is r- down on the street, you know, maybe walking on foot, and it will take him about 30 minutes to get to any nearest bunker to get into. But you know, Yannick has already dashed into the bunker. Tell me who will be more afraid. It's the person out, isn't it? Y- Yannick will relax because why? She's in a place of safety, waiting for this thing to open, then she will come out. Like Noah came out of the ark to look to check around. So after every time Yannick would just come out and look around. But the person on the street, he is the one who's in fear because why? He's out there exposed. So the reason why he, you shouldn't be afraid is because God is your refuge. He is your fortress, a very strong tower. Hallelujah! A place of protection. God is a refuge. You have made the Lord God your refuge. That's why you don't need to fear. Can you imagine if Yannick is down in the bunker there and the, the earthquake cannot get there, hurricane cannot get there, and yet she's... Shivering. You know, Pastor Lydia will say, ah, Yannick, what is wrong with you? We are here. I mean, what is, what is your problem? We are here. The thing is not coming here. This is, you know, fortified place. here. And Yannick... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It is people that are hopeless that live in fear. If you have God as a refuge, no need for fear. Say to yourself, no need for fear. Say to yourself, I refuse to fear. I choose to believe. I choose to trust. God is my refuge. God is my fortress. In him will I trust. So I will not be afraid. Hallelujah. He says here, do not dread do not be afraid, okay, verse 5, of the terrors of the night and then the arrow that flies in the day. The, and then verse 6 says, do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. So whether corona is out during the day, during working hours, or in the night, during night duty. You see, God has got uh, the night covered. God has got the day covered. You see, whether you are doing night shift or whether you are doing day shift. No fear. Hallelujah. Why? Because God is your refuge. You have chosen to trust in God. You have chosen to rely in God. You have chosen to depend and rest in God. Hebrews chapter 4 says that those that believe enter his rest. So you enter God's rest through faith. So by faith you have come to take God, accept God as your refuge. So no need to fear. And say verse seven: Though a thousand corona victims may fall at this side, at your side, and then ten thousand other corona people are dying everywhere, it says, "This evil shall not touch you." You know, you, we have to believe this. God has always been, in you know, in the habit of protecting His own people. In every situation, He did that in Egypt when He sent down judgment to deliver His people. While destruction was coming down on the rest of Egypt, but in Goshen there was no destruction there because they were what God's people. When the angel of death was passing around, what what happened? You know, he told them to put the blood on their doorposts so the angel would come and check. Okay, uh, who lives here? Okay, Lydia and Lawrence. Okay, I think the blood is here. Passover <laughs> and. Can I check out? Okay, Ngozi there and winner live here. Ah, the blood is here. Let me go and check to look. Okay, the blood is also here. Let me go. Okay, Gloria is young. Let me see where the house Oh, the blood is also here. Oh, yeah. Let me go to her first place. Let me see. The blood is also there. Hallelujah. Amen. The demon goes round and he goes over here. He can't. He goes over here. He goes, okay. Okay, uh, God's will is Croydon At least let me try to check them out. He, he can't. He goes over here. He can't. And that's why the Bible says what? The devil goes around seeking whom he may devour. My prayer is that he will not find you a sitting duck. Hallelujah. He comes to your place. You are not just a No, no, no. He comes to your place. No, 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 no. He comes to check you out. No, 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 no. You don't belong here. You are not coming to settle down here. You are not bringing that baggage here of sickness here. You are not bringing that baggage here. No confusion here, no bitterness, no anger here in your family. No division, no fighting between you and your wife. The devil is not bringing that. You stand your ground. Praise God. Oh, my God, my God, my God, my God. Verse 9, back in the New King James, verse 9. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you. Another translation says no accident shall befall you. My goodness. A accident is not good, you know. You go out healthy, and with an accident, all your leg that was burned before is got broken, or maybe you lose your life, you lose your limb, you lose it's a terrible thing. But God says, because you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they will bear you up. And then, uh, you know, verse 13 says, you shall tread down upon the lion. That's talking about different demonic powers. If you read that, it's also available in the book of Luke chapter 10, when God, Jesus Christ said, I will give authority to tread upon serpents, upon scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. Also in Mark 16, you see that these are, you know, um, stupefying demonic uh, powers. Verse 14, look at that, because, you know, I want to see the conditions here. Pastor John was talking about conditions, you know. Conditions are here, He says, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, what does therefore mean? As a result, what does it mean to set your love upon the Lord, oh my God? You know, somebody gave testimony here that they are engaged. Ruth, God bless you. You're looking forward to May, right? Now, I can imagine that uh, she has set her love of her uh, brother Nathan. That's his name. So, tell me, I, I don't, uh, Ruth. You know, don't you like to spend time with Nathan? You, <laughs> you see, if, if you know, do, do your parents have to tell you, look, um, uh, why don't you go and spend some time with? With him, maybe have some lunch somewhere with Nathan. Your parents, you know, the, the, you had the one to have to, to make up your mind. Why? Because of what? Love. If you do that for a human being, you know, sometimes we don't know that actually we can put human beings above God. Because there are things we do for human beings that we don't do for God. That's what God is saying on Tuesday, I said it. We're here on Tuesday, the first day of our fasting and prayers. we were praying here. The Lord spoke to my heart. He said, there are some people not here. They're spending time having fun with their families and friends. But there comes a time when the first issues that those families and friends that they are spending time with cannot do anything about. When we're in church, you are having fun with your family. But when disaster strikes, those people cannot do anything about it. I mean, there are certain issues. No, your friends can't do anything about it. Your relations cannot do anything about it. We have to seek God. I am sure sometimes, I mean, Ruth has to you know, let go of every other thing she... You know, he has to go and meet with Nathan. Why? Because of love. So if you say you love God, and we almost have to coerce you and cajole you to come to church, you need to ask yourself the question, do I really love God? It's like Ruth. You say, we have to go. Ah, ah. When was the last time you saw Nathan? She would say, well, in November last year. You say, ah, and you are getting married uh, in May. Which kind of thing is that? You know, I got me two girls. I, when the time comes, I don't know when. But, uh, and then Vicky tells me that uh, the last time I saw him was uh, three months ago. I said, are you sure that you people are in love? The last time we spoke was, uh, you know, three months ago. Are you sure you people are in love? Even the person abroad, you spend your money calling. My wife came here in 92, before me. And um, I was using some money every time to call. and. Uh, To talk to her before I came. Distance, (laughs) no, letters. That time there were letters, you know. And you know, the the strange that the Home Office later on asked to read some of those letters. (laughs) Oh, yes, yeah, is that also, yeah. Before I came, you know, they said, okay, he's coming here, you're coming here to get married, you're already engaged, yes, okay, let's see letters. The, you know, email wasn't very strong that time. So they asked for letters. They read through the letters to see whether the letters were containing, you know, important uh, statements about love and things like that. <laughs> or they were just casual letters. And they said, okay, fine. I think lo- it looks, it, we believe that you are in love. So we give you this to come. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Let me finish with this, because I'm going to pray. Um, I wish I had time. By saying, because he has set his love upon me. You need to demonstrate, if you say you love God, and by the way, it's one of the commandments in the Old Testament, and it's even repeated in the New Testament. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, to all your soul, with all your strength. No, none of us has come to that yet. I tell you. You we, we know, God is not saying we should abandon our family, but you need to address that. That's why every time we have Christmas, I always talk to not Christmas is not about you entertaining your friends. It's about Jesus. But there are some people that no matter what, even if you compose a song out of it. <laughs> May God help us. He said, because he set his love upon me, I will what? Deliver him. My goodness. What? You mean because I love God. So God, because of that, God is going to deliver me. I will set him on high. There are people who have little love for God and they want promotion. But this is what it takes for God to set you on high. Because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. That's prayers. And I will answer him. No wonder. Maybe that's why we pray, 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 pray. And the things are not happening. Because the love is not there. I will be with him in what? In trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. My God. Equa gave testimony, didn't she? But she went through some trouble. Is that not so? So God was with her in that trouble. That is why she came out. And then now she can give testimony. He said, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Let me finish with this. Another to connect with this. Another thing about God is delight, you know. And that's another scripture uh, thing that the Bible says so much about. The word delight means delight in means to take great pleasure in. Isn't it strange that God wants you to take pleasure in him? So that means you should rejoice. Oh, that says you come into his presence with thanksgiving, because with praise. God wants you to rejoice, him. take pleasure in serving him. Psalm 37. So remember the definition of delighting, to take great pleasure in. Psalm 37, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and Feed on his faithfulness. Verse 4. Delight yourself also in the Lord. That means take great pleasure in the Lord. I mean, some people come to church as if they are being forced. Take pleasure in the Lord. Great pleasure in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. I will have to stop here because... Of time, but I want you to go and read. I will find some time—not next week necessarily. I don't know, unless the Lord leads me to finish up. But there's always something we can do, and we ought to do, and we should do, on our part, if we must walk the path of God and reap the benefits. And it's for every one of us, I say it's for every one of us. This year, 2022, I want to challenge everybody to step up. If you're a young person, don't wait until you're old. I gave my life to Christ at 16, so 44 years ago. So don't say you're too young. And don't say you're too, nobody's old here anyway, so. Even Pastor Winner that has trouble, you know, he says he's young, so. Uh There are people here in their 70s. So it's not about age. You can still step up your prayer life. You can step up your work with God and watch God release great things upon your life. In spite of whatever the devil has planned for this year, God will do things for you that will surpass anything that the devil is going to try to bring your way. You know, sometimes last year, I... I I told you. Learn to to say this and learn to understand this. That God's ability to protect you. All right? God's ability to protect you is greater than Satan's ability to harm you. Amen? God's ability to protect you is greater than Satan's ability to harm you. So. So. We are on God's side. Amen. Oh my God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's let's rise on off it.